Welcome back, listeners, to another Ag Watchers episode. Uh, we're just going to do the final of our three-part series today on uh, different selling systems, I guess, and, and you know, advances in technology. We've got with us today a very well-known uh, person from the ag tech, uh, you know, kind of online selling sector with uh, Angus Street, the CEO of Auctions Plus. So Auctions Plus should be fairly well known for most of our listeners, but um, Angus might just get you to give a quick summary of, you know, what you actually do for those one or two listeners that may not have heard of Auctions Plus yet, uh, and then we'll kind of jump to the chat. It's probably yeah. just just quickly, though, uh, you know, most people in Australia will have heard of Auctions Plus, but we do get a lot of listeners from overseas. My my auntie Julie now, <laughs> my grandfather and my mother. So if you could give us the word on the street, that would be good. I like that pun there, Andrew. Uh, you've done this before, clearly. Uh, firstly, thanks for having me. Uh, long-time listener, long-time fan. Um, love what you guys do here on the podcast, but also in the analytics world. Um, in terms of Auctions Plus, it's, um, it's not, I guess, your typical, um, like, ag tech story. Um, a, a lot of people... Um, think about it as perhaps being around for perhaps a decade, but uh, it's a business that was founded uh, 33, 34 years ago um, out of some research done by AMLC, which was um, MLA, uh, rebranded MLA back um, three decades ago. Uh, And it was founded as an electronic uh, prime stock solution. Um, So if you kind of do the calculations, um, the reason I said electronic and not online was that it was actually pre-internet. So the first sale, um, first uh, Auctions Plus sale, which uh, the name of the business back then was computer-aided livestock marketing, Calm. Oh, Calm, yep, yep. So a lot of people would know Calm. Um, It was done in Tasmania. Uh, it was, uh, it had a couple of kilometres of telephone line, a couple of two-ways, um, a fax machine, um, and that's how the first sale was run. Obviously, the business has evolved um, and transformed uh, with the internet, um, you know, and, and various other kind of uh, digital technical solutions that have um, kind of come along. Some big enhancements and, and kind of step changes that we've seen along that journey is uh, not just the internet, um, but is, you know, 4G, so connectivity, um, the ability to uh, connect, um, um, you know, have better connection, better connectivity, uh, photos. So uh, digital photos was a big step in terms of uh, usage of the platform um, and then videos was the next kind of progression. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's had a, a really long and interesting history. And to be honest with you, I feel pretty fortunate to be in the position I am, um, you know, working in the sector that I am for, for a pretty special business. Angus, it's um, to, to probably call the Options Plus model as purely a marketplace, which obviously it, it definitely is a marketplace, but um, and an online one at that. But there's actually a bit more to it in the sense that um, you you have a kind of team, I guess, that, that are on the ground as well, helping 
to verify, I suppose, particularly in the livestock space, verify, you know, what's being offered. Um, do you want to just give the listeners a, a rundown of what that process is, how you have, you know, those kind of agents that are there assessing what's available and, and, and almost, I guess, filling out a fairly detailed description of, of, of what's on sale? Correct. Um, correct, Matt. So as a business, um, we, would, we call ourselves the digital ag market. Um, and core to our, I guess, our core markets are, are commercial livestock. Um, you know, we do, and then seed stock sales. Uh, so stud bull sales, stud ram sales, uh, genetic sales, uh, working dog sales, alpaca sales, um, equine sales. So, uh, but very much focused in that, that seed stock um, arena. Uh, we have a wool exchange platform, uh, clearing sales, and then probably a recent kind of COVID bump has been online rural property auctions. Um, so that's the, the sectors that we, um, I guess, operate in and, and operate in regularly. Without a doubt, um, core, absolutely core to our business is the commercial auction that we run. Um, so those commercial livestock sales, um, we... Uh, Core to, I guess, the success of those commercial livestock auctions is having an independent and accredited livestock assessor. Um, so we as a business have partnered with um, the, the, the agency network. Um, the agency network um, come to, to Auctions Plus uh, to get their ticket, to get their accreditation. Um, once they're accredited, whilst they might work for different agency networks, we, we really, um, I guess, aren't that fussed about the colour shirt that they're wearing uh, because we are then seeing them as, a, as an Auctions Plus assessor. So they're wearing blue once they've got their accreditation. Um, so those assessors, uh, their responsibility is to go on farm, uh, there's a standardised um, assessment criteria that we've developed over 30 years. Um, they capture both objective and subjective information. Now, that subjective information um, does have, I guess, some guidelines and standards around it um, with, with, the, with the idea of having a uniform language of assessment across Australia. Um, so... The assessment form um, has that information that's captured. They then capture um, photos and videos, um, and then they list that stock on auctions. So, so that that assessment process, because obviously when we're when we're dealing with a, a truckload of of sheep or cattle or pigs or whatever, it's a lot of money, <clears throat> and, and more and more money every month almost. But so that assessment process is really there, a bit like eBay, yeah. Like in the in the past, like I remember, I used to use eBay as a student. The process of it was to try and put as, you know, as detailed and as accurate a description as possible, so that you didn't turn up to buy a motorcycle and it was, you know, a piece of a piece of crap. So so this is to remove that to sort of have another layer of sort of security, so that if you know what you're if you're buying something, you've got a bit more of an accurate and professional idea of what it is because if because if you're advertising it you know you're never going to see how, how many times have you seen something good condition or fair condition and it's you know a ripped up couch <laughs> and i think that's it andrew it's about in 
investing in the trust in the transaction and the integrity of the transaction. And by having a third party accredited, audited and benchmarked annually assessment net, assessor network, that allows us to, I guess, bring that credibility and that trust into the transaction. Um, what that also does is, and it's probably a little bit more like Amazon in that um, as a merchant um, selling uh, within Amazon, there is set criteria um, and probably more rigor and terms and conditions around uh, the transaction or the sale. So it's probably, um, we probably probably align ourselves more to the Amazon model where it's, you know, um, and there is, because we have that assessment, where we can then insert um, buyer protection, um, which is really important, um, you know, buyer protection and buyer warranties, which is very important in an online transaction. So, so if I look on, like I'm just on Auctions Plus just now, and there's nine PTIC heifers for sale, that description, all that kind of stuff, that would be done by the, the agent, not the individual farmer selling it. So Correct. it's sort of it's almost a sort of semi-independent sort of view. Yeah. <clears throat> and, That's exactly. And, and and if and if they like let's say for instance they say, Oh, fantastic condition, you know, a bit like like new, and then you turn up and it's you know, you know, fairly old, derelict piece of piece of animal, they will get some like negative feedback or or whatnot. So what occurs is I guess the simplest form is, you know. I purchase a pink cow and a purple cow turns up. Um, I hate it when that happens. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, the pink cows are worth more. Uh, but essentially, yes, the, all of the, the information <clears throat> there um, you know, needs to be accurate. Um, and um, if there is concerns around the description of a lot, uh, there is a dispute resolution process. Uh, there are tolerances um, around those disputable descriptions um, because we do know from a livestock perspective that things are fluid. Um, so there are some tolerances on the traits and the description points, uh, but essentially, yes, there's, there's a dispute resolution process. And then there is also the buyer ratings and buyer feedback. Angus, I'd, I'd imagine though, uh, given the, the kind of, I guess, the growth and success of the platform, that the dispute resolution side of things wouldn't be a, an incredibly common occurrence. Um, I'd imagine it's pretty, I mean, you know, with, with those kind of accredited assessors, um, you know, and, and it's all based on fairly um, well-known kind of traits in terms of animal traits, how they're described, you know what I mean? So, But it's... But it's I'd, but it's quite different as well. Like we were we were talking with, with with Nathan Carroll a couple of weeks ago, yeah. And I'll bring this back to grains. Grains is quite easy. It's ASW, it's APW, it's H1, it's H2. There's no subjectivity around it, really. Whereas there is subjectivity when it comes to to this. So that must make it slightly harder when you're arguing a point. And that's why we've come up with the. Um the assessment, which has a uniform language. So whilst there are subjective elements of subjective traits, sitting behind that is actually, um, I guess, guidelines and rigour. So if you do say quality, then this is what quality means. If you do say poor quality, this is what poor quality means. So we've invested 
and I think that's where a huge amount of the invest, investment has been for us over the last 35 years is, is making those subjective traits as objective and uniform as possible. So, um, so, I'm, so I'm just looking at one just now, yeah, uh, in Bogabri. Bogabri? Yeah, okay. I'll take your word for it. Uh, but it is, like a lot of it is actually quite, there's not much subjective there it's it's numbers and data you know fat scores weight range uh not aggressive you know it's that's subjective i guess but uh, so i guess there is a, there is not a huge amount of subjectivity there really that's exactly right andrew um and whilst there isn't an industry standard like grains or wool um that is regulated by an industry body um we've kind of um worked with the agency network to establish that, you know, I guess that uniform language and more and more um, in an, in a transaction information is such a critical component to it. Um, data in particular. So, you know, numbers um, is what's driving a lot of those on-farm decisions around productivity and profitability. So, and I think that's, you know, the, the, the link to that is the seed stock sales. So all of the seed stock information comes from a genetics database, which is a third party validated, audited, audited by the breed societies. So it is data and information that is driving a lot of the decision-making these days. Angus, you, that's a good segue into just chatting a little bit about some numbers with regards to the broad kind of flows on Options Plus, because um, we asked a, a similar question of Dwayne Duxon last last week on on his farm tender one, it, you know obviously auctions plus is well known for the for the livestock so cattle and sheep predominantly sales. Uh, but if you gave us a rough idea of of the volumes of each different type of category, like how much is how much is livestock versus your wool versus your you know your your, your kind of um, you know the the clearance sale type stuff auctions or the you know and now you've just said recently there's what rural property stuff going on there as well, which I imagine is a smaller proportion of it just growing. But do you know roughly you know, how much each different category, uh, you know, is responsible for in, in terms of the platform? Definitely. In terms of um, individual listings, um, commercial cattle and commercial sheep um, would be 70% of the listings on the platform. Um, and then I'd say... Um, the remainder would be, you know, the bulk of, at a listings level, the bulk of it would be, you know, seed stock, category next, and machinery um, are our next two big categories. Uh, and, but, but I think in terms of, you know, gross merchandise sales, you know, that's a different way to kind of look at the lens as well because, um, you know, the, the price of used farm machinery has gone through the roof and so that's driving that up and, um, it's a. It, it would I think if you looked at it, whichever way you split it, you know, sixty-five to seventy percent would be um, commercial cattle and commercial sheep. Fair is enough. It, now, is, is, um, a fo- is a focus? Is there a bigger focus on cattle than sheep? Because it, it, anecdotally, in the past, it's been more of a cattle thing, hasn't it? Is that right? I think there's a perception, and I think that comes from I guess the heritage of calm, which was a prime stock trading platform. But in actual fact, you know, we did some research 
maybe 12 months ago that indicated that it's it is now very much um, seen as a um, as a really like highly favourable in the in the sheep sector. So I think back in the it's definitely transitioning now to you know cattle and sheep would be 50-50, but COVID and and you know a really great like positive sentiment in the ag sector has pushed us into those other sectors. That's um that's exactly where I was going to go next. The, the listeners should know that we don't really have a script here, Angus, but you're playing perfectly into the next question because my next one was going to be around the, you know, the the kind of, I guess, the response or, or what's happened through this COVID period. Um, certainly I've heard anecdotally that it's been a, a bit of a boom for the likes of Auctions Plus with the, you know, some of the issues around sale yards being difficult to access or, you know, not being able to have... Um, you know, the producer of the yards or, you know, not being able to get around as easy. What, what's what been the experience of auctions class through this whole COVID scenario? I think COVID's played a part in uh, the number of special sales that we've done. So the, the seed stock sector, the clearing sales, um, the property auctions um, have really been driven by um, COVID restrictions because it's, you know, most of them are were formerly on on farm property sales, which people would go to and attend. So, I think that's the biggest impact um, we've we've felt from a business point of view when it comes to COVID. I think what's driven um, the um, the commercial livestock, um, the seed stock sector, and, and our wool growth uh, has been the I guess the change of season. You know, if I look back on um, some of our numbers, um, you know, in terms of unique visitors and um, active accounts, um, it really kicked off in February uh, 2020. So a very steep jump from January to February, and then it just it ex- like it continued to explode over the next eight months. So that's when the rain started. Correct. That's exactly right. Um, and that is, um, and I think so, you know, you, you, you couple COVID with change in season, um, you know, everybody wanting to restock, um, you've got people who are wanting to access stock, um, you know, in a, in a region that has been decimated by drought, there's no stock in that region, where do they go to purchase livestock? Well, they go to a national platform. Um, I've been fortunate enough to hold stock. Um, where am I going to maximise my exposure? Well, I maximise my exposure on a national platform. So couple that with COVID, which I think brought, I guess, digital um, adoption in the ag tech sector forward, perhaps three to five years. Um, so COVID, good season, restocking demand um, has really driven all of that and good management. I think don't forget that. Oh, yeah. is it, <laughs> the uh, like, um, is there any similar services to Auctions Plus overseas, like the UK or the US or anywhere else, or is it fairly unique? Because thirty years is a long time if you, if you talk about it in its initial sort of adoption. But 
and it's obviously it's probably changed a lot more substantially in the last 10 years <clears throat> but what about the uk new zealand elsewhere have they got similar types of services in the uk they have a um, a platform called Sell My Livestock, which is a, a classified platform with a bid and offer option. Um, so they don't have, um, and, and then they do interface auctions um, at, at the sale yard centres. In the States, uh, they do predominantly interface sales. Um, so so what's, just, an in, what's an interface sale? Where, I guess, where you, where you go to, um, where livestock are sold at a sale yard in a sale ring, but there is a, a live stream camera or audio feed and bidders can bid on that, you know, yeah. so it's, we're interfacing a physical sale. So um, the States is predominantly interface sales, interfaced auctions. Um, and in the UK, there is a classifieds platform. So we, we're probably, um, you know, we're unique uh, in that, and I think each, each platform uh, is tailoring its services to its market and to its country's supply chain because there are differences in the American supply chain, the UK supply chain, from a compliance point of view, from backgroundings through to the, the meat that they produce. Like you're comparing apples with oranges um, across those three countries. So we've had to tailor it very much to the Australian market. Angus, you've also um, had staff before, though. At, I remember I was a couple of years back, I was at the Wiener sales out in Hamilton, and I think it was one of the first times then that you had some Auctions Plus staff there that were also engaging in the physical sales. That, that still goes on now, I, I presume, for the, for the key sales? Definitely, Matt. Uh, so we, we interfaced, um, I think, a, a number of agents uh, adopted it at yeah, probably be five to six years ago, and... Um, I think that there's a couple of things that uh, held it back from really kicking off, um, you know, and that would be connectivity, um, the, the hardware um, that, that was being used and the software to capture both the audio and the visual stream really wasn't up to, um, I guess, grade. Uh, so it, it wasn't hugely adopted uh, back then, but given the advancements in um, live streaming capabilities in activity at sale yards um, and, you know, and now the, I guess, the, the nudge that COVID has, has given the sector um, very much been adopted. And we did a number of the, the wiener sales this year in 2021, and, and we're hoping um, to support the agents and the vendors again in 2022. You mentioned as well um, earlier, just talking about it, obviously being a national platform with national exposure. Would there be, um, you know, in terms of distribution, say around the country, are there still regional hotspots? I guess for volumes, yeah. is it is it predominantly, uh, or would you know the approximate breakdown, say across the states, in terms of where where the animals are coming and going, and you know where the buyers and sellers are congregating for the platform, or is it fairly evenly spread around the country now? Uh in terms of sheep offered, um, sheep and cattle offered, without a doubt, the eastern, eastern seaboard is our stronghold. So New South Wales, Queensland, Victoria um, uh, and South Australia um, are very much, um, I guess, 
where a huge volume comes across all of those um, segments in the market. We're starting to see some really great adoption in WA um, um, in, the, in the seed stock sales and, and also the, the commercial uh, sheep sales with a number of sheep that have obviously flooded from west to east um, during the restocking. Um, you know, a number of agents and vendors utilise the platform um, for that. And I guess it is one of those platforms that um, is a tool for the agents and the vendors to use, you know, at the right time um, for when, you know, if it is the right channel. So I think, you know, we web and flow with the needs of the market um, and we just hope to, I guess, continue to add value where we can. Yeah, no, that's right. And we, I mean, it was probably last year we saw, I think it was a record 1.9 million head of sheep and lamb, I think for the for the for the calendar year was the with the flows that were going from west to east. Um, that's that's pretty much kind of you know gone back to normal levels as of the last few months, I think. So yeah, you're probably not seeing as much coming that way now. But um it, yeah, that that would have helped facilitate that kind of flow, you know, quite well, I would have expected. Um, just, just uh, another another kind of question, similar to the, the types of things we asked the, you know, the previous um, guests we've had on in this series. What would be the, the kind of you know? Are there still barriers that you see to the ongoing kind of growth, or or is the you know the current setup you've got in place is that pretty ideal in terms of being able to continue to grow the business, or are there, are there areas where you could see you know, additional benefits accrue if you could get a couple of little things ironed out? Yeah, I think, good question. I think I kind of split that up into uh, two pieces, what we can control as a business and what we can't control. Um, so, you know, the three things that we that we um, can control as a business are, you know, the people, our team, um, you know, are we getting the right people in the business to um, support our customers um, and to, to grow the business? Uh, the tech platform, itself from a, from a stability point of view, we've um, given the growth um, of, um, of the platform, we've uh, completely rebuilt our auction service um, in, in, in the back end. So um, that's been a, a huge investment. And I think the, the biggest technology investment um, Auctions Plus has, has made. Um, and uh, we've got a, our CTO, Ken Salan, um, has been with the company for 22 years. He started as a market operator and is now our CTO. Um, and he was, yeah, he's kind of blown away at how fast we did it and, um, and the scale of it. So it's about getting your tech right. And then I think the third bit, uh, which is the most important piece, um, is continuing to add value. Um, I think you can never relax um, or kind of rest on your laurels around adding value to the customer base. Um, the most important, um, like we, we can have the best team in the world and we can have, um, you know, wonderful technology, but if we're not actually adding value to our customers um, continuously, um, then I think, you know, that for us is, um, I think for any business, um, it becomes a concern. So, yeah, there are three focuses um, um, that we really try and focus on of what we can control. 
What we can't, uh, I think the biggest one still remains is connectivity. Um, you know, it's just a, a bugbear of the ag sector. Um, and I think, you know, we can throw sticks and stones at, you know, at businesses, at governments, but I think it, it, it really does, you know, we really need to look for some solutions in this space to improve connectivity. Um, is a, is, and that, as a business, um, would, would assist us. And I think, well, not actually assist us, would, would assist our customers. Um, and I think that's the bit. And, 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 to, and today, we, today we can see that with, with Matt having to turn his video off because his connectivity <laughs> is so poor. And yet, and yet he's not exactly ultra-regional. He's Ballarat. You know, it's, That's not, his... it's not that far away. And look, hopefully, we've, we've, Matt and I have spoken about it before, things like the Starlink and, and whatnot may, may provide some of the solution and, and private investment might, might provide that. But, you know, fingers crossed. The... Uh, you also you, you mentioned value add, and like we've noticed in in a lot of changes at Oxus Plus over the last twelve months or so, you're becoming a, a media mogul, you know, with with a lot more a lot more I guess written content, you know, on, on various sorts of bits and pieces. What's is that the idea behind that? Is to just add a bit of value and to the to the the, the farmers and agents. You hit the nail on the head, Andrew. I, I, I definitely <laughs> media mogul. I think it's. Um, information is, you know, you've heard the saying information is power, right? Um, I don't know whether it's power, but I think it's powerful. Um, and I think um, providing um, insightful, helpful, timely um, information that, um, that helps farmers make better decisions um, is... Uh, is a focus of ours, definitely. Um, I think we're fortunate to have, um, you know, uh, a good depth of, of transactional data, similar to, I guess, what MLA collects from, from the sale yards. Um, and it's really around, well, how can we um, give back to our community of users with some helpful information? So, um that's that's one of the ways that, that we're trying to. Um, and I think the other way that we're, I guess, slowly working at is how do we um, create that sense of community online? That's that's what I was going to say, because I, I was more meaning you've got a lot of articles there about various, I think they're called the yarn, which is yep. a lot more things about things that are happening in the community, like there's one there about a guy who's bought a flour mill to, to convert and, and whatnot, which I think is interesting because it's, you know, interesting stories about what is happening out and about. I did see one here, nominate your local legend. So, so can I put Matt forward? You know, because he's, he's a legend in his own mind. And, and we've been 40 minutes into this conversation on livestock, and he still hasn't mentioned that he was on Livestock Leaders. Well, you know what's interesting, Andrew, is <clears throat> Might have been a nomination already slipped through, so or, or even a couple. So um, it is the most number of nominations you get um and i think you know he might have slipped in and come up with a couple of pseudonym names you know and nominated himself but look who knows bob smith jane smith barry Mat smith Mat matthias dalglish yes you know, um, Mat yeah. matteranka dalglish wheat watcher's mum 
She could have put a vote forward for me to get onto the all the Hungarian mafia that listened to us from, from Auntie Julie in Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll start. I'll start getting. I'll set. I'll set up a Python script to just automatically repopulate it. Matt Dalglish gets with five thousand nominations in twelve minutes. We can't not can't not give him the the title just for creativity. <laughs> so, and you've got a podcast as well launched last week. Yep. Um, just conversations. I think um, we've you know there are a number of podcasts in the um, in the in the ag sector of which you guys do a terrific job, and I think with COVID and, and people working from home and, and regional lockdowns, um, just the ability to have a, a chat, have a yarn and, and share a story. Um, I think that art of storytelling, which is, I guess, why I'm an avid listener of you guys, is um, it's, it's insightful information, it's fun, but there's also uh, there's a story that kind of ties it all together. And I think... Um, that's what we're trying to do with that community aspect. Um, you know, we we don't want to be, you know, a, a news website. We don't want to be, um, you know, a media company. But it's the community has so many great stories um, that just aren't necessarily told. Um, and it's like, well, we feel we feel we're in a fortunate position um, to have a an engaged audience where we can hear those stories, but then like pay it forward and share them and, and bring some positivity, you know, into the, into the ag sector. It's uh, one, of, one of the things you do there well with the offering, I think, I guess, is um, the, 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 the new BI platform you've got kind of rolling out. That's kind of currently underway. Is it now? Is it still in the final stages or is it, is it open for people to, to access now or, you know, you know totally? Good question. So Livestock BI, for those that aren't aware, is a, um, a livestock um, valuation tool and um, allows you to kind of jump in and, and based on the data that uh, you enter, um, will kind of spit out a, an estimated value of that mob, similar to, I guess, CoreLogic or, or RP data in the, in the, in the housing market. Um, there's obviously some sectors there that, sorry, segments um, and stock categories there that uh, we don't have the data on, which, you know, it, it'll spit out a, a result that says, you know, sorry, there's not enough data there to, to put an estimated value on it. Um, what, what is also in there is just a range of, um, I guess, uh, different dashboards, which allows you to um, do your own sorting and, and filtering um, on sale results. Uh, a lot of people used to jump into um, our results pages and, and scroll and scroll and scroll and, um, you know, on a Friday to, to see what was happening in their region or in, in stock categories. Um, but it was, wasn't in the most user-friendly way. So we've kind of, we've now taken that results and, and put it into a, a better structure that is usable and, and easy to use. In terms of the rollout, um, there's currently 500 of our beta group uh, using it at the moment with some some final refinements, um, and we hope to have it um, publicly available um, in, uh, in in three to four weeks. Yeah, I mean, from a from a market analyst perspective, um, and I'm not to 
not to you know, cast aspersions against some of the other great stuff you're doing, of course, in, in you know, the, with the yarn and, and uh, the, yeah, the other stories and just the general kind of platform you offer. But um, from my perspective, the ability to jump on that uh, BI platform and, um, and look at those indicators and look at what the market's doing in a really easy way and to filter the data and, and then also to download it um, is an absolute uh, bonus to, yeah, to the yeah. likes of us. But, but Matt, that's that's all very well. But there's probably more people interested in in stories about you know parts of agriculture than, than straight hard data than than, than you. You no, know, well, you, you're, no. you're you're probably the, the the key audience for any bit of data anywhere on the planet. So it's not. It, it's really interesting, um, and I think that's why finding our feet on you know providing this online community value, if I'm honest with you. You know, I think there's, um, you know, we're, we're writing articles that, you know, some people love and we think some that would work and they flop and, you know, and so I think it's... I, can, uh, I, can, I tell you one thing, yeah, this is my experience, and Matt and I were talking about this yesterday, is that the ones that you think will be popular, the ones that you're really proud of and you, you sit back and you think, that was a bloody good piece, nobody reads them. You know, and, and, and you spend hours on it, you think that's a, that's a, somebody's going to give me a Pulitzer for that or something. And then just a wet nothing. Like it's, it's always the ones that you put the least amount of effort into that become the popular ones. And I think it's, you know, um, it's, it, it's, it's a very similar model to, to, I guess, you guys. It's like, you know, how can you put helpful information or feel you know i guess it's helpful even if it's um you know like we, we've had conversations where, where we've done um you know articles together and i think i've been pretty open to say look even if it doesn't paint us in the best light i think that's okay because you need to be open and authentic like and mm. give farmers the information to make the right decisions i said earlier that you know we're a channel um, you know, that farmers need to decide what channel, you know, they use and what is optimal at that time. So, um, you know, I think even if it's good, bad or ugly, but as long as it's helpful and insightful, um, you know, or on the more the community side, you know, a feel-good factor to it, to me that's, you know, I think that's giving a little bit back. I agree, like hundred percent. And going going back to that sort of the writing of articles, the, Matt and I write a lot of articles, same as same as your team as well. And I've started to think about it as being well, if I find it interesting, then so be it. I don't really care if anyone else likes it or not, because as long as I enjoy it, I did. I did. I did. One of the things I do think is is important though is is making it simple and not being overly complicated. And, and I have I have to give an apology to, to Mrs. Whitelaw, my mother, because I did say in a previous podcast that it was a case of make it so that your mother, even your mother can understand it. And I didn't mean that in the way of somebody, I wasn't implying that she was simple or anything, just merely saying somebody who doesn't understand the industry should be able to understand it. So, and that's the key thing is write it for yourself if you think it's interesting and somebody else find it interesting, if they don't, so be it. That's and right. likewise, just keep it simple. And, keep like, simple and, and you've got, you've got, you've got Tim working there now and ex MLA chief economist. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're really fortunate to work with Tim, um, not just as a from an economist perspective, but as a I guess a leader within our business. You know, he's a um, he's a he's an accomplished executive, and, and he brings a huge amount of maturity. And um, and what I really love about Tim is, yes, his work's incredible, but to be honest with you, he invests so much back into um, our team. He has a real love for um, growing and mentoring. Um, people um, and I feel pretty fortunate to have him in the team to be doing that just from an analyst point of not just from an analyst point of view growing future analysts um, with you know really good skills and, and best practice but just in general helping people uh, grow their careers we'll have to be watching our backs uh, we watch with these uh, these up-and-coming analysts from uh, auction yeah. plus we'll be we'll be out of a job surely I don't, I don't, I'm all right I cover greens <laughs> uh, maybe that's the next opportunity for Auctions Plus to start to uh, sell some grain uh, through the platform as well and, and analyze those markets. <laughs> you, you, also, you also do wool, yeah? We do do wool, Andrew. And wool, wool is, look, it's obviously a small section of, of your overall business, but there's also the other platform from AWI, WoolQ. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Do you have? Have you compared any of the numbers between the two? Because you've been in wool ten years as well. Um, what kind of comparison of numbers between the two are you getting? Have you have you analysed that, or is that not something you looked at? No, we do look at it. I think uh, so. WoolQ is a uh, they're an auction platform first, and now they're building a, a listing platform uh, with okay. a bit option. We started with a. Um, a bid and offer board, essentially a listing platform with a bid and offer board. And um, we're at about 2% of um, bales uh, sold, um, are sold through Auctions Plus Wool listing board. Um, So, and and how it works is, you know, the um, uh, essentially most of the wool that is passed in flows onto the listings board um, at the end of the end of an auction and, and buyers can jump on there and, um, and kind of um, fill up their loads where they might have missed wool, or um, it, it, or or there's more, I guess, specialist and, and unique lines of, of wool, um, and looking for a unique buyer that perhaps is not in the commodity um, wool auction, they're quite often listed there as well. Um, okay. So it's a um, it's a it's a bid and offer platform uh, in terms of the auctions. We did run auctions last year um, at the same time that the wool queue did, and I think we got about the same amount of wool that was listed. You know, yep. it was kind of like for like. Was that at the, was that at the same time that the uh, that the auctions were closed? Yep. Okay. I don't think they ever um, closed them. I think where they ended up going and and um, is transitioning to. Um, uh, online Zoom auctions, essentially. So um, there would be an auctioneer um, in the in the selling centre and everybody would, all the buyers would log into Zoom and essentially, um, so there was auctions. Okay. Right. Oh, well, I think that's probably it for it. We've taken up a lot of your time. We're coming close to an hour. And I don't want to take all of your time as uh, as the, uh, the leader of the, the livestock online agencies in, in Australia. Uh, Matt, did you have anything else to cover off on? 
No, no, just I think we'd said to you originally, Angus, to be about half an hour or so. We've taken a bit more time there, but um, we usually tell people it's about half an hour just so we can kind of get them to agree. Uh, and we know it usually goes a bit longer than that, but that's all right. It's been excellent talking. And I think it's been, you know, if you look back to the three series, did Andrew, the Endure idea to run this uh, series of, of uh, discussions around um, online platforms in different sectors, I think it's been um yeah, pretty enlightening kind of um... well i think like i think it's interesting because like it probably came off the back of that conversation with simon you know six or seven episodes ago about that change to online shopping with mm. with normal people that's the wrong word not maybe not normal people but metropolitan people and well there has been a lot of change you know in grains with 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 clear in machinery and, and, and a few other things with um, farm tender and obviously with livestock and auctions plus. I think the, the main point I would make is that all three systems are all quite distinct and quite different in the way of operation. You've got clear, which is, you know, it is quite more so like a, an exchange like Seabot or ASX. You've got farm tender, which is more like a Craigslist or a Gumtree. And then you've got auctions plus, which is more like, you know, I guess similar, more like an eBay type model of of, of auctioning. So it's it's three different ways of looking at you know our markets for inputs and outputs, in in different ways of of looking at it. So it's interesting. And I would say exactly that, Andrew. I think um, every platform has its place, um, you know. And I I've listened to the last three podcasts and they've been fantastic. And you know I. I speak to um, Nathan and, and Dwayne, you know, um, when, we're, when we can, I guess. Like there's one thing that I think I'm a huge fan of in um, is, you know, collaboration over competition. I think, you know, the, there's always a space where we can share ideas and, you know, help one another or share bruises and scars or wins. And, and I think in in ag tech or in, in ag marketplaces, um, I think that's um, where we need to get to. Um, everybody, everyone is unique and everybody has its, its, its space in the market. And I think there's, there's obviously plenty of space still in this market, still very much in its infancy. And, and it'll be really interesting to see what happens over the next five, six years. You know, when we've got, you know, when everybody's got fiber optic, you know, internet and we're, we've got our Oculus Rifts on and we're watching VR auctions and, and whatnot, it'll be a completely different world. So. Yeah, it's an interesting, um, it's, it's a really interesting, I guess, market or, or se- segment to be in. Um, you know, where it goes to next is, is constrained by, yes, connectivity, but um, our imaginations yeah that's exactly right it's exactly right Andrew I think it just you know one thing we, we remind ourselves on is um, you know and you you ask this question of the other guys is is identifying the problem you know um, and make sure that you know that problem is of value to be solved um, and I think we feel fortunate to kind of be solving a problem and and we continue to try and make it easier, make it faster, make it better, make it more efficient. So um, solve problems, don't make them. So Amen. Right, Rob. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming along. And uh, we wish you all the luck and we'll keep an eye on things. And I look forward to I don't know what Matt gets for being a, a livestock, a local legend, but look forward to seeing that trophy on his shelf.
Thanks so much for having me, Andrew and, and Matt. Um, it's been an absolute honor. Thanks, Angus. See you when you got nothing on, mate. Ciao for now. See ya. Hey.